Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm in a really positive mood this morning. I think you've been mm. slightly irritated by how positive I am. No, <laughs> not recording. irritated at all. <laughs> Delighted. <laughs> Delighted. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, of course. It's good if you bring the positive mood. And then I can gently bring you down over oh, <laughs> episode of the podcast. <laughs> Wear down my enthusiasm. Yep, sounds good. Yeah. What are we doing today, Peter? Today is another investigator-specific episode. Mm-hmm. We haven't done one in a little while, right? Yeah, a little while. The, There's the plenty of us one. to get through as well. There is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you often, like, brandish the list of, of ones we haven't done at me. <laughs> See? Pulling your mood down. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got a, we've got a fun one planned this week. It's I, I think someone you're pretty passionate about, right? Yeah, and you've been really keen for me to play them. <laughs> now I finally have. We can talk about them. Yeah, so we're going to dive in and talk about Silas Marsh, the sailor. The reason I'm passionate about him is because I had the Deep Gate book. So I've played with Silas for quite a long time now. It's at least a couple of years since that came out. Yeah. So I've been kind of keen, but we always said that we'd wait until we actually saw his proper signatures or his his non-replacement signatures and now they're finally out we can actually do it and talk about him as a whole rather than doing a sort of half silas episode where we did the one about his replacements and then needed to do another one down the line yes do you want to read you should read the uh, front of him i'm happy to i don't read, know what order uh, yeah. we're going to do all of these cards but take it away bro okay right uh well we have silas marsh the sailor silas has two willpower and two intellect he has four combat and four agility. So he's 2-2-4-4 two, two, four, mm. four, uh, in the most kind of, um, well, the tied for the most aesthetically pleasing way possible. <laughs> he's yeah. the, uh, what, reverse min, right? Yeah, the anti-min, yeah. <laughs> he is a drifter and he has reaction. After you reveal a chaos token during a skill test you are performing, return a skill card you commit to this test to your hand. Limit once per round. Elder sign effect, plus zero. You may commit a skill from the uh, from your discard pile to this test. After the skill test ends, return that skill card to your hand instead of discarding it. Leave your fears on the docks, lads. He has nine health and five sanity. So many good things there. So many good things. Yeah, he's he's a. Can you think back to what we thought when we first saw his ability? Wow, back in the mists of time. Yeah, because um... I feel like this mm. is a. When we first saw it, we, this was it's a pretty wild ability, right? Mm-hmm. And we jumped straight away to like some combos you could do with it, like a, a double or nothing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, all I can remember is thinking it's quite a weird ability because baked into the game is you commit a card to a skill test, it does a thing, hopefully, and then it's done. So the idea that you'd want to pull one back, I remember thinking, that's kind of weird. If I'm committing an unexpected courage, it's because I want to pass the test. But then, then it, it reminds me that probably at the time that Silas came out, we were both fairly into Wendy and that idea of being able to respond to what the Chaos Bag gives you rather than that drawing of the token being the final thing and after that point, you can't really change anything. Uh, there's something similar there for me with Silas. What were you going to say? Uh, well, I, let's just go over briefly, I guess, uh, a way that his ability would work and, and why, why <laughs> yeah, it's useful. really good idea, yeah. So... We're taking a test. We've got, let's say we're taking a three difficulty combat test, mm-hmm. but we we want to pass it, and we know that 
there's there's most of the tokens in the bag go up to minus three. There's maybe a minus four on the auto fail as well. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to pass this test, so we put say an overpower into the test. Yeah, that puts us three above on the test. Mm-hmm. We draw a token and we draw a minus one. At that point, we say, well, we would have passed without the overpower being committed. Mm-hmm. Sure, the overpower might give us a card if it stays committed, but actually, it's probably better to have the icons ready for the next test we take. Mm. So we pull overpower back to our hand, and we still pass the test. Yeah. So we've increased our odds of passing the test, but also saved the overpower. So what I suppose is happening very neatly in the example you gave there is that for any other investigator, the decision about whether to commit the overpower or not has to happen before you draw the token. Yeah. Because that's the point at which you go, ah, hmm, well, we could pass without the overpower, but we don't know what we're going to reveal. So you have to make those decisions without the knowledge. But with Silas, some of the decision comes after the token reveal, namely, do I keep this committed? Do I want the card draw? There's not necessarily a right or wrong there either. Keeping the overpower feels like the better play to me in that situation, but it might be that you're really desperate to find a certain card in your deck and you'd like to keep it committed. And seeing the minus one, you're like, okay, I would pass without the overpower, but also I'm going to leave this committed because I'm looking for another card in my deck and it'll give me more draw. Um, So yeah, all of the decisions end up, not all of them, most of the decisions get punted after the token reveal. Yeah, yeah. Which to me is incredibly powerful. (laughs) It's exactly how Lucky works, right? Mm -hmm. Lucky's an unexpected courage you can commit after you've taken the skill test. Yeah. And we all know how good Lucky is. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's one option. I mean, the, you know, to take the same example, just to flesh out more where Silas gives you lots of power, you you commit that overpower, you're three up and you draw the auto fail. There's no way that you're going to pass that test with or without the overpower committed. Yeah. So you pull the overpower back to hand, you fail, you move on with your day. Maybe you're taking a test where it says for each point you fail by, take a damage. You've committed the overpower you draw a minus four, then you have a really nice choice as well. So you were six on three, you've pulled a minus four, which makes you a two on three. So you're going to fail and take one damage. Or you could pull the overpower back to hand, keep the overpower and take three damage. Again, there's not necessarily a right or wrong. It it, it depends entirely on the circumstances that you have at that very moment in the scenario. Is the three damage going to kill you? Keep the overpower committed and mitigate it. Have you taken no damage and you actually would rather keep the overpower in hand? Again, choice. Again, power. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's, it's fascinating. When you start playing with it, you realise just how flexible this is. How, how, how interesting it is to be able to, 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 to have that control over the, the skill cards going into and out of a test. Mm-hmm. It's funny because if the ability just read something like a once a turn... You, you get to keep a skill card in hand. It wouldn't be as potent as what this ability feels like because obviously it is only once around you get to use this ability, but there's something about being able to pick and choose which tests you take and which cards you put in that can really, I don't know, it just really elevates it beyond it just being simply you keep a card in hand. I think it's because you get to make sure that your skill cards are as impactful as possible because yeah. if you commit them to a test and they're not going to be impactful, you save them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So you just avoid those moments in a scenario where you put a take heart into a test and then accidentally pass. And you're like, oh, I was going to draw two cards and get two resources and now I've passed and that, that card is kind of wasted. Yeah. It is wasted, not kind of wasted. 
I also want to shout out the other side effect. Mm-hmm. Just because it's it's such a huge swing in your favour, I think, sometimes, depending on the cards you put in your deck. Mm. The obvious candidate is is an early card, firmly in the in the Survivor uh, Colour Pie uh, resourceful. Yes. So you could be in a situation where you get two cards back to your hand, including a resourceful, which will then get you another card back into your hand uh, from your discard pile. And I think what it does is it encourages you to get those cards into your discard sooner rather than later. So you, you, you play in more of an aggressive style. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be in the position where you pull the other side and you've wasted it. <laughs> yeah. You want to be like, oh, brill. Well, that's like, I don't know, like a lucky or a look what I found has come back to my hand. Yeah, absolutely. And you're trying to get those cards. And I think actually Silas plays well if you play them like that, if you play them quite aggressively. You you said this to me specifically, be aggressive yeah. with them and, and, he, and he works really well. Um, and I think that's definitely the case. Yeah, no, for me, that was exactly the point I wanted to make, that early on, you want to commit that unexpected courage to a test, even if you're not sure you need it. If you think, okay, this is a good enough test, I'm going to put it in. Maybe you use it in a turn, pull it back and use it again so you get a little bit of extra value out of it straight away. Then it's in your discard pile and you know that your Elder Sign reads plus two yeah, because you've got it waiting. It's wild icon, so it can be committed to any test. But Unexpected Courage is definitely not the best target for this Elder Sign. And like you said, Resourceful is a really cool target that you've already committed a Resourceful and, a, and played a Lucky. And then you pull an Elder Sign and get to recommit the Resourceful and get back the last bonkers. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's survivor bullshit. Yeah. I would highlight as well that both of these abilities care about skill cards. And that's something I've seen people get thrown by. Yes. So it's only skill cards that you can pull back with the reaction and it's only skill cards that you can commit from your discard with the elder sign effect yeah so immediately we're thinking ah skills again min comes to mind it's like okay there's a skill focus here and yeah we'll see as we look at deck building and as we look at his cards whether that plays out as well yeah yeah i absolutely just before we look at deck building i wondered if we could look if there are any obvious weaknesses that stand out about that stat line and health and sanity split yeah, well, I mean, he's obviously pretty weak to the mythos phase, right? <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't yeah. draw an enemy, <laughs> he's, he's well-equipped to deal with enemies, but he's not necessarily well-equipped to deal with other treacheries. Mm, mm. Two, two willpower, five sanity is yeah. scary low. If you think about, like, Roland Banks' is three willpower, five sanity. Skidzo Tool is two willpower, six sanity. It's like there are fairly few investigators that are a two in willpower and a five in sanity yeah i i do think and tony the other one it's it's the obvious call for silas really but but it really hammers home that that say pete sylvester level two is is a really great pick for him i mean he's a great pick for everyone really but silas especially to give you the extra horror soak give you one extra pip of willpower mm. and silas loves using his agility anyway to deal with enemies so, like, every element yeah. of, of Pete's yeah. 2 fits well in Silas. Yeah, yeah, really Even does. just going up to 3 willpower in Silas, I think, is pretty good. You, you can grab... Mm -hmm. You know what? You can grab, like... Well, actually, we'll come to deck building in a minute. But there's some cards you can grab, which are, are nice wild icons, nice willpower icons. You know, I mean, if nothing else, just put guts in there. Yeah. Always a always a possibility, or even with that five sanity, you could go desperate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you know, there's, there's, I think there's also some cheap survivor soak tools as well. We've got um, uh, keepsake, 
both level zero and level one give you give you a nice big mm-hmm. uh, sanity mm-hmm. soak if you need this. So should we flip him over and look at this deck building then? Yeah, let's. A classic us that it's taken us uh, ten minutes, whatever, to get to <laughs> turning over one card. Deck size of thirty. Deck building options: survivor cards zero to five, neutral zero to five, and innate skills zero to two. And his deck building requirements are Sea Change Harpoon, Silas's Net, Siren Corn, Call, and a random basic weakness. And his replacements are Nautical Prowess and Dreams of the Deep. And we're going to look at all five. So, yeah, he's um, somewhat limited, I'd say, that he's only really Survivor 0 to 5, but he does have that innate splash 0 to 2. Are there many innate cards, though? Yeah, there's a handful, yes. Good question, Frank. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Steadfast is one that jumps out to me. Uh, as being both a good, well, just a generally good fight card, but also a good uh, mythos phase card as well, because it can be three willpower icons, which puts you mm. up to five on yeah. a check. Yeah, That's always good. Eureka, you're a big fan of Eureka, as we all know. Huge Eureka fan, yeah. Inquiring Mind is, is not terrible, though naturally only if there's a clue at your location. I'm a big True mm. Understanding fan, as you know. I know you yes. did. <laughs> I like I think I like it because you can just you can chuck it into an allies test and just yeah ping a clue off a location, but also you can for any treachery that's a a, a fight or an agility uh, mm. treachery you can get a clue and it's just great yeah. as, as Silas Silas having a clue it's mad mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, what else have we got we've got some of the leveled up like manual dexterity. Guts, the leveled up um, uh, basic skill set, basic core set, basic skill cards, mm-hmm. neutral skill cards. I can mangle that. Um, defiance, quick thinking, uh, nimble. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. That's probably the main ones. Fearless as well, if you want a little bit of sanity healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Opportunist. Opportunist. Yeah, yes, yeah, you could go opportunist. Opportunist is a fascinating one, right? Because if you pass by enough, it comes back to hand anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you can commit it, pull it back if you're not going to pass, or if you're going to pass by enough, it comes back anyway and you save your ability, yeah. which is, yeah, kind of funky. There are then a lot of innate cards in Survivor already. So obviously it's not it's not special for Silas that he can take them, but there's Take Heart, the Survival Instinct I mentioned... There's Rise to the Occasion, Resourceful, you mentioned. There's also the new um, or newish 1xp skill suite, Brute Force, Sharp Vision, and Expeditious Retreat, which I think is also valuable just because, well, we'll see in a moment, but having innate skills that he actually would probably really like to take anyway is going to be useful for other cards later on. And, and naturally tying into that, I guess, there's a card in Survivor, True Survivor, yeah, that's what I was thinking we might come to. Yeah, yeah and, and that, that returns three innate skill cards from your discard pile to your hand. So <laughs> naturally that's going to be any out-faction cards you've brought in, plus whichever in-faction cards you've taken that are already innate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the card I run often in Silas, particularly Silas Solo, that isn't innate is Perception. And that's one of the few cards I think is worth taking despite not being an eight. And, and then the rest of my skill suite might be built up entirely of an eight cards. And I just, I, you know, I like perception enough and it's valuable enough for what I need him to be able to do that I take it. But it's sort of fascinating to me that you can end up with, say, 
maybe 14 or 16 skills in his deck and yeah. almost all of them will be innate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would so my, my Silas experience is multiplayer, so I I wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take perception in him, and um, because yeah. it's it's too much of a trying to make him do something he can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah. th- you, there's some other clue tricks that I think probably aren't terrible in him. Yeah, I, as yeah. I said, I like true understanding. I know no one else, no one else seems to like that card. <laughs> I think probably it's probably less good in seeker. <laughs> Mm. So um, mm. not many people think about it. And Belly of the Beast, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Evade an enemy, succeed by two, get clues. Yeah. I always want to like Belly of the Beast, but I never seem to um, actually make it work. Just put it in my deck, hopefully, and be like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I never play yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Can we touch on Eureka again? Yeah, well? yeah, please Just do. The... Yeah. So when you were talking about how powerful the Elder Sign is with Resourceful, I was also thinking of Eureka, and Eureka's a really good other Elder Sign target if you've got it in your discard pile. Mm. The reasons for me why it stands out as a good target is, like Resourceful, it has lots of different icons, so it can be committed to various different tests. So Resourceful doesn't have a willpower icon, and Eureka doesn't have a combat icon, so they're limited for those two tests. But if you have one of each in your discard pile, any test is covered, and what they both do is get you another card as well. So, obviously, in a slightly different way, Resourceful returns a card from your discard pile. Eureka, you get to search your deck. But I found just having those two cards in Silas can be so impactful for the Elder Sign and also so useful for reusing the important survivor events you want to use and also finding those events with Eureka to search through your deck. Yeah, I'm just always happy to see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, signatures... Should we yeah. carry on? Yeah, please. Um, should I do the first one? Sure. Bro, I've, I've timed this well because uh, I get to talk about the Sea Change Harpoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a three-cost asset, Sea Change Harpoon. It is unique. Not that that makes much of a difference. It has a combat and a wild icon, and it has the item, weapon, and melee traits. Naturally, Silas, deck, uh, Silas Marsh deck only. Action, fight. You get plus one combat for this attack. If you committed one or more skills to this skill test, this attack deals plus one damage. When the skill test ends, you may return Sea Change Harpoon to your hand to return all of your committed skill cards to your hand instead of discarding them. This card is great. I love this card so much. And it's 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 an answer to the question, what do you use all your resources for in, in Survivor? <laughs> in <a skill laughs> the answer heavy is deck, yeah. <laughs> playing Sea Change Harpoon over and over again. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it, I think like it's. I would say you probably want to run another weapon in Silas anyway, mm-hmm. because it's obviously skill card intensive, and it's mm. nice just to have something that can deal like a reliable two damage. I I like you know I've run the, the meat cleaver. You probably don't want to go fire axe because you want to save money for playing CJ and Jarpoon. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be some other weapons you can you can grab to go in there as well. But on the whole, I've had a lot of fun with this weapon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can be in situations where you like chuck. Uh, like I'm a big fan of stunning blow. I like stunning blow in in Silas. So mm. you're like, you know, you you stun an enemy, and and chuck in a couple of cards, a couple of skill cards, and then pop this back to your hand, or you you bring one back anyway, and then commit it again at the end of the turn, and then bring all the skill cards back. So you've killed the enemy and got sea change harpoon in your hand. Mm. 
that if you committed one or more skills to this skill test, this attack deals plus one damage. It doesn't care at step seven when you apply effects. Right, like, okay. Once you've committed a card, the damage is on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it doesn't need to still be committed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that stunning blow, first attack, you commit the stunning blow, you pass, pull the stunning blow back to hand and do two damage. Second attack, you commit it again, yeah. do another two damage and evade the enemy. I mean, most enemies are dead at that point, but anything bigger than that, you've also evaded it. No, it's great. And, and you know, again, we're looking at a card like Resourceful. So mm-hmm. slap that into the into the skill test and it all comes back to your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fascinating yeah. stuff. What it also makes me think about is that as we've said that Silas wants to be quite aggressive and I've noticed when I've played with the harpoon the situation you don't want to end up in is not having a relevant icon to commit and it's important again you have to commit skills to get the damage bonus so you can't just chuck in that random combat icon on you know a leather coat that you had in hand that won't turn on the the damage bonus it needs to be skills and so that, that's made me really realize as well that you want the aggressive play with Silas, but you also want to make sure you have the right suite of correctly iconed cards on your, uh, correctly iconed skill cards in your hand to be able to make sure that when you need to fight, you can really pull out the damage you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's also, you have to commit the cards and only your cards go back to your hand as well. So yes. I, I thought I was going to be smart and bounce someone else's vicious blow back to the hand at one point, but but I was not. Ah, uh, yes, good point. Yeah, I, I think it's it's also, I mean, Silas is committing cards to a lot of tests. He can mm-hmm. have quite a solid combat. So the temptation is, oh, you just attack at five at least. You know, maybe more mm-hmm. if you've got some some static boosts out. But I, I think he can afford to commit cards to most tests. If, especially if he's got a lot of combat icons in his deck, which means this yeah. is a very reliable plus one damage on mm. a basic mm. just auto include uh, weapon in his deck, mm. which is which mm. is which is cool. You know, machetes machetes a good weapon. We hear, yeah, three cost, yeah, yeah, plus one damage, and this yeah. this is almost the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, particularly when you realise you don't need it anymore and you want to get that card advantage by pulling all those skills back to hand yeah that feels like incredible there's no return machete to hand if there are two or more enemies in play or something like that and also i do think, you want to read us the go on yeah no i think actually yeah, that is a good idea let's look at his at the next card as well which mm-hmm. is silas's net and this will mm-hmm. seem quite familiar when i start reading it it's a two cost asset silas's net it has an agility and a wild icon and it has item and tool silas marsh deck only Action evade. You get plus one agility for this evasion attempt. If you succeed and you commit one or more skills to this skill test, you may automatically evade another enemy engaged with you. When the skill test ends, you may return Silas's net to your hand to return all of your commit skills to your hand instead of discarding them. So, yeah, I, probably less immediately useful than the harpoon. But I still think it's good. I've used it on occasion. Mm-hmm. To, to evade a couple of enemies, and it's pretty good. You know, it's it's not it's not often useful, but it's pretty clutch when it is. Yeah, yeah. You can't evade someone engaged with someone else anyway, so you need two enemies engaged with you for the second ability to kick in. Is that right? Yeah, yeah I mean, it specifically says you may automatically evade another enemy engaged with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's you, you can obviously target an easier-to-evade enemy 
an evade, yeah. a higher evade enemy, or yeah, it'll work on a massive enemy as well because mm. they're considered engaged with you. Yeah, uh, yeah, less immediately obvious, but I still think not bad. You probably have a smaller pool of agility icon skill cards in your deck than you do, say, combat or wild icons. By you. I'd say you, Peter, probably have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we might come on to different ways to build Silas. One might have fewer yeah. agility icons, depending on, yeah. But it builds it to this picture of Silas as a dedicated enemy management uh, character. Yeah. yeah, that was the thing we didn't say at that four combat, four agility in the stat line. You, you mentioned, you know, draw an enemy in Mythos, that would be very nice, please. And part of that is not just that he's a good fighter, but he's also a good evader. And what I like about the net is for two cost, you essentially get a static plus one agility for evasions. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a two cost static boost in a way that you can play this for an action and then every future evade you do, even if you don't commit and use any of the other abilities, you're evading at five, which is like pretty pretty cheap for that option. If you're also playing Peter Sylvester or Track Shoes, like your agility can get really high really easily. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, evasion becomes really straightforward for him. And then, yeah, there is that the bane of the evade heavy character is that they get swamped with enemies, and then all of their actions are spent. I'll evade the first enemy. I'll evade the second enemy. I'll evade the third enemy. That's the end of my turn. Yeah. I haven't been able to move away. And with this, when you need the evasion compression, like the time you need it the most is the time when it helps you. So, so I like that. Yeah, and it, it lets him. I, I think my. Feel, one of my feelings when I first saw Silas is that a high combat and a high agility, one of the stats feels redundant. Am I evading enemies or am I fighting them? Mm. But when you play Silas, you realise, mm, actually, no, it's fine. You know, you'll have turns where you can't kill all the enemies so you can evade them. Yeah. Uh, or you can just focus on fighting. It, it really gives you a lot of flexibility to deal with enemies. What we also see in Survivor with, say, Stunning Blow is, you know, attacks that evade. So there's that confusion of like, am I evading or am I attacking? Obviously, Rita is the same where she evades, but also damages. And sometimes that can be like, well, I want to either fight or evade. Why am I doing both? But if you're a dedicated enemy manager like Silas is, it's actually really nice to have lots of different options in your pool. Okay, I'll I'll fight this one to evade it. Then I'll evade that one because it's easy to evade. You could even be running waylay and then waylay a big enemy that you've evaded because its agility is a lot lower than... it's evade is a lot lower than its fight value, yeah. something like that. So a bit radically, I'm going to propose we read Nautical Prowess now. Yeah. Because there's some really nice symmetry going on. So this is his replacement signature positive card. It's a skill card. The net and the harpoon had combat and agility and wild, and this has willpower, intellect and wild icons. So it <laughs> right. fills out the suite of he has signatures that boost all of his stats. It's his deck only, it's a replacement, it's innate and developed. If a chaos token with a negative modifier is revealed during this test, either draw one card or Nautical Prowess gains two wild icons. My first experience playing Silas was with Nautical Prowess rather than with the Harpoon in the net because I had the Deep Gate. And we've been talking about amazing skill cards to have in your discard pile for your Elder Sign, or generally about getting value out of skill cards. And Nautical Prowess is insane. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's just such a powerful card. Importantly, that if a Chaos token 
comes before his reaction after you reveal a token. So for the combination this has with Silas's ability is that I commit this to a test, I reveal a minus one. That means then I decide what I do with nautical prowess. Do I draw a card or give it two wild icons? And then I decide if I want to use Silas's reaction. Right, so you can draw the card and then bring it back to your hand. Yeah, so this is a repeatable card that I can commit and just keep drawing cards out of it and just keep returning it to hand if I wanted to. Obviously only once a turn, but I've I've found playing this card that you can just end up with a heap of cards in your hand because you just keep committing nautical prowess to tests that are fairly straightforward and draw cards out of them, which is just really good. And then, of course, if you pull an Elder Sign and it's in your discard, you commit it, it comes back to your hand, you start that whole process again. Yeah. Obviously, the Elder Sign isn't a negative modifier, so its abilities don't, don't trigger. It's also, like you said with Steadfast, really useful willpower boosting. And for Solo, it's got the really nice plus four intellect, if you want it to. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's potentially plus four willpower, right? Yeah, yeah. So it shores up the problem stats, as, as it were, and it also offers you card draw which is really nice and it's really flexible and plays into silas's whole theme and gives you choice as well so like for me the thing i really like about innate as a trait is innate you know if we if we think about what innate means it's something within us it's an ability we have that's somehow passive or something like that and so far in the game we've seen passive abilities kind of be like talent assets that you still have to find them and play them Mm -hmm. but what silas does about being innate is you know, the whole idea of pulling back a stunning blow to hand is that he has he knows how to... It's something within him that he knows when is the right time to land the stunning blow. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's a really nice way of making innate come to life as a, as a theme, I think, that he sort of knows when's the right time to use his unexpected courage or to be resourceful. It's sort of, yeah, I, I really like that. So, yeah, Nautical Prowess is just uh, an incredible card. And the other thing I'd add is in solo, like this is such a useful card for if you have a couple of perceptions in this, you can regularly be investigating at four, which is really nice. Should we talk about his weakness? He has weaknesses? He has weaknesses, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which would you like? And I'll do the other. Well, let's do Siren Core. This is the back to the the core, um, the the, the kind of the official non, what's the the word? Non-replacement? Yeah, non-replacement. Yeah, Siren Call, this is a weakness. It has Curse, and it has uh, Revelation. Put Siren Call into play in your threat area. As an additional cost, commit one or more cards to a skill test. You must pay one resource for each matching skill icon those cards have. Action, action, discard Siren Call. Mean. Yeah, it's it's mean. mean. I I don't think it's unmanageable, to be honest. It eats into your your sea change harpoon Mm. cash. But I, I've often been in the position with, with Silas where I've got later in the scenario and I've got like a bit of cash left and I can mm-hmm. ride that through to the end of the scenario without having to worry about getting rid of this weakness. Mm, yeah. For me, this is the thing you save your cash for as well. So you're never in a tight hole yeah. where you're like, oh, I can't commit this unexpected courage. You know, I need two more resources. Yeah, yeah. I I think so, yeah. And I think... If you're playing more as a dedicated enemy management character in a bigger party, um, mm-hmm. there will be turns where you have more downtime. And that's a yeah. great turn to be clearing treacheries off of the players or off yourself. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I think potentially Silas can play without too much setup. Yeah. 
you, yeah. you, you might want, you know, your, your soaking assets down to protect your sanity. Uh, you, mm. you might want a weapon down. But once you've done that, a lot of your skill boosting is done effectively action-free from your hand. Mm. Which mm. gives you the actions to clear Siren Call if you really need to. Yeah, yeah. I, fa- I think that's, again, one of the reasons why I've enjoyed playing him so much in solo. That he is fairly ready to go quite quickly. You know, all I'd add to that asset setup is maybe a flashlight or a, an old key ring. And once you've got that down, you can start finding clues and use events and skills to help you find clues. And you're not sort of worrying about, oh, I need other pieces to get me going. You know as well with the four combat and four agility that you're going to be able to evade or fight pretty much any enemy that turns up. Yeah. So you've already got that kind of baked in safety that you're not scrambling for, oh, I, I need a weapon because otherwise I'll be high and dry. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, there's a, that, I think that's one part of the appeal of him as a solo character is that he can kind of get going quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, I found it. I found it honestly not not very problematic as a weakness overall. Particularly as it's one where you can mitigate it in varieties of ways, as you said. You can save up so that you, you know, you you, you can just choose not to spend resources so that you know if you see it, you you don't need to clear it immediately, which is lovely. Yeah, yeah. And there's also Dreams of the Deep. Yeah. Subtitle, The Deep Gate. Tell, tell so us this about is this. a skill card, a weakness skill card. Rare, but but not but not unique, yeah, right? We, there's a few there's a few of them now. There's a few now, yeah. This has two willpower icons? No, it doesn't. It has, it has two, two wild, wild icons. icons. It's Silas Marsh deck only replacement. This skill's icons subtract from your skill value instead of adding to it. If this skill test fails, return this skill to your hand. And forced, if Dreams of the Deep is in your hand at the end of your turn, reveal it and take two damage. It's a bit like uh, Dark Memory, mm, right? That's a, yeah. that's a, is that yeah. too horror it deals you? Too horror, yeah. yeah. It's really nasty. Yeah, you're suddenly on a clock. So the, the damage is not necessarily a major problem because you have nine health, but it will start chipping away at you if you're not careful. And... There are very few willpower treacheries that do damage, but you might have taken a bit of damage in a scenario just from being the enemy manager yeah. and soaking some hits, something like that. So it could be problematic. More importantly, it's giving you minus two to a test, and the only way to get rid of it is still to pass that test. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think this... I, I haven't played with it, big caveat, but I tend to mm. think this isn't too bad. That would be my gut feeling, mm. that you you've got probably skill cards to be able to counteract it going into a skill test Mm. i've seen funnily enough intellect be one of the best places to commit this because you do a flashlight on a two shroud location right and you commit this and you're zero on zero and there's one token that will stop you passing which is a it's almost cheeky (laughs) that that you might use one of your worst stats to pass a test with dream dreams of the deep committed the other thing i've done before we had his normal signatures was I did run Fire Axe in Silas because I wasn't saving my resources to replay the Sea Change Harpoon. And you can chuck this into a Fire Axe swing where you're swinging at 10 already because you've paid three resources and swinging at eight instead, you're still probably passing. So Fire Axe has a weird useful case there where you can just boost to essentially counteract the, the negative of this skill card. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I mean, not too bad. And uh, actually, if if you're using both sets of sigs and and, and replacements, right? 
You Say can, it, go on. You can commit this to your sea change harpoon, right? Yeah, you can, yeah. For extra yeah, damage. For the damage, right? Yeah. Which is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're fighting a swarm of rats or something like that. You just chuck it in just, for the damage. Just chuck it in, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, I've passed. Oh, but I want to pull the harpoon back to hand. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, we've, you, um, you mentioned True Survivor, so obviously there's a that's a card that jumps out because it targets innate cards and probably there are going to be plenty of innate cards in Silas. The other card I actually wanted to go to now, partly because we were talking about that evasion style as well, is we've mentioned Survival Instinct. So that's a skill card that gives you a move after evading, which is can be useful. And then also I found that I've actually run Close Call in Silas. So Corsetch um, flashback here. Close Call is the 2 cost 2 XP asset um, event that allows you to shuffle an enemy back into the deck if you evade it. And I know I've said this on the cast before, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm aware I'm repeating myself, but what I've really enjoyed about Silas is that you can build a suite around him where dealing with enemies, he has lots of different choices. Yeah. I find that really fun. It's like, oh, is it an enemy that is going to be really taxing to kill? I'll evade it then. And if I've got close call, I just get rid of it. Or is it an enemy that's actually a real nuisance to evade because it's going to keep hunting me all scenario or adding doom or something like that? I'll kill it. And I really like that he just has this toolkit at his fingertips to deal with enemies. And I found that really powerful in solo because, as I already mentioned, an early enemy normally can really derail your scenario if you're not able to handle it. And Silas is just like laughing and delighted by it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if I, if I was going to pick out some cards, I, mm. I, I've got less experience with with Silas than you. I've, That's I've the really drink, ch- drink moment to listeners. Yeah. You, you often say that. Yeah, brute force. I do like brute force. I think all of those. Mm-hmm. What, what's the keyword on those? Is it developed? They're innate and developed, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, th- those those three. So sharp vision as well. And then Expeditious Retreat. Mm-hmm. Am I pronouncing that right? Expeditious. Expeditious. Yeah. I think they're they're all pretty nice. Having just the the, the basic actions, I think, isn't terrible for Silas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have a weapon, but but I think he's equally happy just just punching people. And then a Eucatastrophe. Hmm. Yeah. Which which can be bananas in Silas. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get some recursion going with Resourceful. Yeah, so you've got a way in faction to trigger Elder Signs, which means you then start pulling things back to hand like a like a maniac and yeah, committing them all again. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But the other the other card we didn't mention that's innate is quick thinking. Yes. And that is the other area where Silas kind of can go bananas. So the story, again, I think I've told it on the cast before, the Elder Sign Bros. I was playing Father Mateo and big fan, friend of the cast, Jaya, was playing Silas. We we took down Yig in the super secret final scenario, essentially by forcing Silas to keep drawing quick thinkings from his discard pile, because Father Mateo is so well set up to force Elder Signs. And as you just mentioned, you catastrophe as well. We just ended up re-triggering it multiple times and giving... Back before quick thinking was tabooed, 
giving Silas like six or seven action turns. Oh he'd my commit, god! Quick thinking. Then the next test, I'd force him to draw an elder sign, so he'd draw the quick thinking back into hand. Then he'd commit it again. <laughs> you know, we just we just kept kept doing that, and it that is kind of bonkers fun. I like the image of the sailor sort of in a blur of limbs as he's just using his axe or his harpoon <laughs> and just chopping people up left, right, and centre. Yeah. So like, yeah. Martial yeah, prowess. Yeah. Uh, are there any other cards that have really stood out for you in Silas? Well, recently uh, we've had Unrelenting, which mm. is just a great card anyway. <laughs> it's a really, really good <laughs> card, having played with it a bit now. But also, I think, super strong in Silas as well. I mean, it, it's a mm. skill card for a start. And it's not an eight, shockingly. It's not an eight, <laughs> it's practiced. No. Yeah, It's got him on yeah. the art as well, right? It's him just like yeah. boshing a, a deep one over the side. So he can innately have courage, but he has to practice being unrelenting. That's interesting. <laughs> He's not innately an unrelenting. <laughs> Remind me how the timing works, right? Because if, yeah. if you commit this to a skill test, you search the chaos bag for the tokens. Yeah. Well, shall I just read out the card? Yeah, just do it. Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a new card. Yeah, yeah. So it's one wild icon, one XP, max one committed per test. After you commit unrelenting to a skill test, search the chaos bag for up to three non-tentacle chaos tokens of your choice and seal them on unrelenting. So that's step two, commit cards to test. After you do that, you grab three tokens from the bag. If all three tokens sealed on unrelenting are plus one, zero, bless and or elder sign tokens, draw two cards. Release all tokens sealed here after this test ends. So, yeah, this means that if you're Silas, you can commit it, seal the tokens, draw the cards, and then pull it back, right? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, you'd commit it in step two. After step two, you draw two cards. You then reveal the token, and it's after you reveal a token that you get to pull this back. So then the, the, the tokens that you sealed end up back in the bag. You're not you don't have them back in the bag to draw for that test. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you can actually you can get dual use out of this. You can either pull tokens you don't want to draw for a test out of the bag and still get the card back. So it's like a skill yeah. card which is still giving you the icons even when you pulled it back to your hand. Mm. Mm. Which is which is ridiculous because the, the the way Silas's ability works if you do pull like a minus four and you want to pass the test, you might need to, uh, in our little introduction bit, we said overpower, you know, maybe mm. you've, you've committed it to a test, you definitely want to pass and you've drawn the minus one. It, it gives you an incidental ability to pull back the card, except yeah. until you need it. With unrelenting, you don't even need to, to leave it committed. <laughs> you know, it's already done mm. its work. If you pull out like a minus four and two minus threes, you can't draw those when you draw the yeah. token. Pull this back to mm-hmm. your hand. You still haven't been able to draw those cards, uh, those tokens. It interacts really weirdly. It's sort of reminding me of nautical prowess and slightly hurting my head as I try to pass them. Because nautical prowess does a similar thing. You commit it, you're two up, and then you draw a minus four and you add the icons to nautical prowess to guarantee the success. Mm-hmm. But unrelenting, you've just got rid of the token entirely. So it's weirdly the equivalent of if unrelenting also had as many extra icons as would let you pass against minus threes, minus fours, minus fives, whatever tokens it is that you've pulled out. And if we go up to hard or expert and you're removing the minus eight, the minus six, like that's incredible for a one one wild icon that's also secretly giving you plus five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. 
And, and of course, you could if 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 you're overcommitted to a test anyway, you can just use it yeah. to draw cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's again like that high agility thing. What I found myself doing as well, if I'm doing Silas with Peter Sylvester and track shoes, when I take the track shoes test, it's agility six against agility three. So I'm already feeling pretty confident about that. If I commit unrelenting to it, I'm four up. So I may as well seal a couple of zeros and a plus one. I don't need them to pass the test. Draw two cards, get unrelenting back. And then if I take unrelenting back, it's only if I've pulled the minus four that I'm going to fail. Or the autofail, obviously. Bananas, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's wild. And then you can also, you could even use it to help trigger your catastrophe <laughs> to get to get some combo action going. If you're taking the... Get rid of some of the better tokens. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can fail those, uh, those intellect tests. If you leave it committed, you can still draw the Elder Sign if the Elder Sign is sealed somewhere, can't you? Yes. I'm thinking of Seal of the Seventh Sign. When you commit that, you say, don't reveal a token. Instead, treat it as though you, as if you'd revealed the Elder Sign. Yeah, yeah, The Elder yeah. Sign could be sealed somewhere and you can still reveal it. Yeah, okay. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, theoretically, yeah. I guess you could have two Elder Signs in the back. If, you know, there's, there's nothing... Well, the only thing to stop them printing that as an ability is um, the limit on the tokens you've got in the, in the set. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Incredible card. So this raises one of the final points I want to make. And I know we've done this in a slightly circuitous way, but it actually came up for me when you were mentioning brute force and different skills that Silas might like to take. And I nearly jumped in and added, because the great thing about brute force is if you're not going to succeed by two, you can pull it back to hand. Yes. Which obviously is Silas's ability. And then I was thinking, well, why am I trying to make that point? And why is it so important to emphasize that? So I wondered if we could just drill in a little bit more about what what it is that we find so good about Silas's reaction ability. Yeah. Because I don't know if we've quite hit the nail on the head about what that power is. So any skill test, any skill card, you only get one shot at the effect. Hmm. And if you fail the test, then you you don't get the additional effect. I mean, that's, that's one-on-one Arkham, right? Mm, mm. So the ability to get a second bite at, at that, it, that seems really potent. It's like a like a cushion to to um, to some bad luck on those tests. Mm. Like you, you might you might have committed two or three skill cards to a test. And then drawn like the one token that would make you fail, or one of the two tokens that make you fail. And yeah. rather than just shrugging and say, "Oh well, that, that's it," you've got some tri- yeah, you've got some tricks to pull to to, to lessen the cost of that, and yeah. to really apply the skill cards to their maximum effect. Is that is that maybe getting close? I don't know. Getting getting the the most out of the cards in your deck, I guess yeah. is, is the. You're actually reminding me, as you were saying that, of that classic thing that we've definitely said on the cast before, that you can commit, take heart, and inquiring mind to the same test. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you pull the auto-fail, you pull back the inquiring mind and get the, get the take heart. And if you pull the minus one, and you're suddenly going to pass this, this willpower test or whatever it is with the inquiring mind committed, you pull back the take heart. And that idea that you can also hedge and the power of the ability is such that, you know, normally I would never do that. I wouldn't commit a thing that will help me pass a test and a thing that will uh, reward me for failing. But Silas can can go both ways. Yeah, I think as you were talking, you said that's Arkham 101. It really reminded me again that, yeah, this is breaking the fundamental expectations we have as players. 
I commit cards first, then I reveal the token. I hope I don't draw something that makes that commitment wasted. Yeah. Which is quite impactful. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think there's just something very satisfying about that test where you're like, well, I could put this card in and then I'm three over rather than one over. And and you, you, you chew on that for a while and you're like, well, is it worth the card to, to put it into that test? With Silas, you just do it anyway. And then you can be yeah. like, well, I'll I'll see what I draw first. So I can... It just increases the value of all the skill cards you've got on your deck because you're mm. able to far more selectively apply where you're going to have them into the test. Yeah, yeah. You know what it's reminding me of? Team Bless. And friend of the show, Asusani, actually after we played Team Bless on Horrors Without Borders, mm-hmm. went through and looked at all the tests we took and how much Bless was actually helping us pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a fascinating <laughs> little calculation. And the statistics basically said that Bless didn't really help us pass tests. Most of the tests we drew Bless on, we were going to pass anyway, and we yeah. just passed by more. And there's something similar there as well, isn't there, where having the ability to say, actually, I didn't need to go three up. I can take this back to hand. It's it's the fact that you can do it retroactively rather than you have to decide it ahead of time. That's, you know, Bless is like having a bunch of unexpected courages sitting in the bag if you can hit them but often you actually find you don't need them necessarily because you were going to pass anyway, but yeah. Maybe this is the bit of the puzzle I've been missing in terms of why Silas is in this cycle alongside Bless. Yeah, maybe. It's far more likely that you'll get an unexpectedly high chaos bag result modifier to your skill test. Mm, And that's the kind of area that that Silas likes to work in because you can be like, well, okay, I've drawn two Bless blessed tokens on this skill test i didn't need to commit this steadfast to this willpower test mm, mm. and then for any other investigator it's like damn it wasted for silence Not like, no 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 I, I didn't yeah well here's a fun thing for you as well then do you know cool. what else is innate hit me Faye is innate yeah yeah that's a fun wee card isn't it so if you're in a bless and curse team or just a curse team silas might run Faye, giving him plus three willpower if he needs it yeah, yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Here's a test I don't want to draw a curse, I, uh, a curse token on. I'll put Faye in. Oh, I didn't draw the curse token. Therefore, it comes back to my hand. I'll bring it back to my hand. Yeah. I don't know if that quite works, but it's still interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the only other... We often say, you know, what, what a fun alternate builds for these investigators. And... Um, I just want to jump jump in and mention... You mentioned already Peter Sylvester being a great fit, which he absolutely is. And even the Peter and Jessica combo yeah. of like, I will soak all the damage and horror. I'll take three static boosts. Let's do this. I'd also shout out that I have done a Dark Horse Madame Lebranche Fire Axe in Silas yeah. and had lots of fun with it. Getting your willpower and intellect to three is actually pretty decent. And getting your combat and agility to five is really nice. Obviously, Madame Lebranche helps with the fire axe thing and the dark horse thing. And you're playing in a, an investigator that is skill heavy. So dark horse doesn't penalize you in the same way that it would for someone who wants to play lots of expensive events. And then also, you can even do Yartle in Silas. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite good fun. Because you're committing a lot of skill cards and then reusing those icons in your discard pile is a thing. So there's quite a lot of different homes uh, well, different allies that could find a home 
in Silas, which is kind of cool. Uh, you've got um, Mariner's Compass now as well, which feels like yeah. you can sit alongside Firex in that Dark Horse build as well. Yeah, yeah. You do sort of Broke Silas. I'd probably run Nautical Prowess over the Harpoon yes. and the, the Net. Almost 100%, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're using your resources to pass intellect and, and combat tests. It's pretty nice. Yeah, so I just thought I'd mention that as an alternative. I've done that in solo and had a, a load of fun with it. And actually, I think in, in one build, I actually transitioned out of Dark Horse sort of halfway through, and he seemed to handle that really well, that I then added a few resource generation cards and, you know, look what I found and upgraded luckies and things like that. And he, he seemed able to just handle it really, really powerfully. Any other things that jump out for you as weird alternatives for Silas? Nothing off the top of my head. I, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm consistently surprised he works well solo, or he's, he's still fun mm. solo, because um, he just seems like he's got such a skewed stat line towards only enemy management. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the Survivor card pool just really supports that, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. And actually, it comes back to what we've just been saying about his ability. If you're gambling, I'm going to go two up by committing this perception to try and get a clue. In any other investigator, if if perception is your only way to get a clue that turn, gambling on two up doesn't feel good because there's, you know, say four or five tokens that can wreck that. But as Silas, it's like, and if I get it wrong and I'm not going to pass with this two up, I'll keep the two up in hand and I'll give it another go later or I'll wait until I have more icons. So he, he allows you to push your luck in solo, which I think can be really useful for just, um, you have to be a bit of a gambler, I think, in solo to kind of get ahead in certain scenarios. Yeah. That is everything I've got on the sailor. Yeah, same here, same here. Should we should we leave it there and, and invite our listeners to, to come back to us if they've had any other fun experiences with them? Of course, yeah. Please write in. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook and Twitter. We're also drawn to the flame on Patreon. Hi to all our patrons and designed by humans if you want drawn to the flame t-shirts, mugs, stickers, all of that kind of stuff. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I'm United everywhere. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on uh, Twitter and Reddit and Discord and Steam and Instagram as the.unitled. So please say hello. How about you, Frank? Uh, I'm around the place as FB, that's E-P-H underscore B-E-E, or F-E-B, or Zooey Glass, or Zozo. Every time I say that, I think, what was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Not being consistent. But there we go. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. Thank you. It seemed that I must give vent to a piercing scream, yet had I been sufficiently irresolute to attempt such a thing, my voice could scarce have responded. I was petrified, rooted to the spot. I doubted if my right arm would allow me to hurl its missile at the oncoming thing when the crucial moment should arrive. Now the steady pat, pat of the steps was close at hand. Now, very close, I could hear the laboured breathing of Yepe Mulek. Suddenly, I heard a sound, or rather, a regular succession of sounds. In another instant, they had resolved themselves into a series of sharp, metallic clicks. This time there was no doubt. It was Alexander White. And then I shouted, yelled, screamed, even shrieked with joy as I beheld in the vaulted arches above the faint and glimmering <laughs> effulgence 
which I knew to be the reflected light of an approaching torch. You can't throw <laughs> effulgence in at the last minute. Effulgence. I think it's effulgence. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> glowing. Yeah. In the faint and glimmering glowing. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like effluent or something like that. <laughs> effulgence. Amazing. I, I saw had... someone tweet this morning, every time I see non-fungible, you know non-fungible tokens? Yeah, yeah, every yeah. time I see non-fungible, I think, not a mushroom. Yeah, yeah same, <laughs> absolutely the same. I was, um, was We watched uh, Interstellar the other night, and I was talking to Vicky about the Mikkelsen-Morley experiment. I don't know whether you remember back to your, your high school physics, but that was an experiment to prove the existence or, or the, the the direction of propagation of the luminif luminiferous luminiferous ether and we struggled wow, for quite quite some time over the pronunciation of luminiferous luminiferous that's lovely <laughs> anyway let's stop <laughs> Like I've, the 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 obvious candidate for that is a is a corset card, resourceful. <laughs> resourceful is not a corset card, but, but please carry on. <laughs> yeah, the, the survivor skill from the corset is survival instinct. <laughs> resourceful is from that inquire, um, inspiring from, from, presence, from... resourceful, inquiring mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right, I, I'll I'll go. I'll do that again. <laughs> Resourceful is just such a. I, I just always assumed it was a. It was a corset card. I'm thinking of um, yeah, uh, scavenging. Oh which, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. corset. Yeah, and also it's terrible. Firmly in the survivor color pie. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm thinking it. Um, scavenging. Yeah. I really don't like scavenging. In the corset of survivor abilities, resourceful. <laughs> I'll just start again. You can cut all this out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, 